Discover the hidden Israelite ancestry of some of the most powerful nations on earth. Watch as scripture unveils the terrifying future of America and Great Britain as revealed through the sabbatical and jubilee years. Discover the identity of Assyria and its role in this final jubilee cycle. Learn of the pending judgments that are to be soon poured out as a result of transgressing the sabbatical years. Sighted Moon. Dan. Dan's symbol, what's that symbol look like to you? Dan rightly rules his people as one of the tribes of Israel. So what's Dan? He's a judge. What does Daniel mean? Judge? Does it not mean judge in Hebrew? Dan is a serpent by the way, an otter in, by the path that bites the horse's heel so that his rider falls backward. And guess what? One of the other symbols for Dan is a white horse. Who are the Irish? This is your symbol. The eagle. Dan. Who are Danish? Danish is Dan. Because Dan named everything after their father, Dan. Everywhere you find a Dan, the Danube, the Danaiber, the Nice, is Dan, Denmark. They're Dan. Gad, a riding band raids him, but he raids its heels. Now there's a weird blessing. Any Swiss? No Swiss? They suspect this is Switzerland. Bread from Asher is rich, and he gives delicacies of a sovereign. So here's a national trait for Asher. This is Belgium. Belgium. It's a, uh, a cup that you serve to the king. Naphtali. I like Naphtali. You're going to laugh here in a minute. Naphtali is a deer let loose. He gives words of elegance. So he speaks wise words. What's a deer let loose? Naphtali breeds with anything that moves. You find the remnants of Naphtali all over the place. Northern India. You know where the caste system comes from in northern India? Or India? You got the blacks, you got the browns, and you got the light scudder. And they call this religion that they keep Abram. It comes from Abraham. It's been perverted after the years, but that's what they do. Why? Because the Dan, Dan, uh, Naphtalites mixed in with the northern India's people. Naphtali also went over to China. I'm getting ahead of myself. But then they moved up to Norway and Sweden. The equality of the sexes in Sweden took hold long before many other countries experienced the same trend. The instance of premarital sex exceeds 90%, and divorce is granted on almost any grounds. Much pornography comes out of Sweden. And when I told you about Eastern Turkey and the Muslim people looking at blonde women dancing around singing, they see Swedes. Benjamin is a wolf that tears in the morning and eats prey, and at night he divides the spoil. Who has a wolf as their symbol in your family tree? Okay, the Australians come from England, right? 
They were the, the prisoners that they didn't want England, so they shipped them all to Australia as prisoners. And they let them go down there. England was invaded by the Vikings. The Viking symbol is a wolf. A lot of the Vikings are Dana, uh, Benjamites. Here we go. Joseph is an offshoot of a is a an offshoot of a fruit-bearing tree, an offshoot of a fruit-bearing tree by a fountain. His branch run over the wall, and the pay attention to this one because this is going to come back later. And the archers of bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. What are archers? What are modern-day archers? Missiles. So what's a bow? The missile launcher. Who's Joseph? I'm saying it's you and me. His two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Joseph is going to be grieved by missiles. You see that right here? Read it again. And the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and they just love Americans all around the world. No. The only place that you guys might be loved is Canada. Because everywhere around the world, you're hated. Sorry to tell you that, but you are. You are the great Satan. The little Satan is Israel. Your brother, Judah. Why is that that only those two countries are hated in the world? Because you're related. This is what I'm trying to show you. These things are related. You're related. And that's why you're hated. Yeah, maybe your, some of your government policies are kind of... Um, okay, Joe, they pack heat here. Shut up. Verse 24. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. And there is, a she- there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. From El of your father who helps you, and by the Almighty who blesses you, and blesses you of the heavens above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath blessings of the beast and of the womb, of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors up to the limit of their everlasting hills. They are on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who is separated from his brothers. This is a great blessing that we have been given. And there's the symbols for Joseph, a bull, and a unicorn. How can a mythical symbol of a unicorn become a symbol? Because unicorns all missed the boat with Noah, so they shouldn't even know about them in this day. But if you look in your old King James, the unicorn is mentioned there many times, and when you look it up, it's a prophecy. Where do you see the unicorn today in your family crest? Standing on one side of the shield of England. On the other side of the shield of England is the lion. Now notice something about, well, we'll get that in a minute. I'm jumping ahead, but just pay attention. But there's also the bull. What's the nickname for England? John Bull. That same symbol of John Bull is called uh, um, Uncle Sam. Same symbol. Go figure. They're brothers. Joseph is an offshoot of a fruit-bearing tree. Oh, I just read that. Here's the other symbols for Joseph. You recognize those symbols? See, I've got sheaves 
Chiefs of wheat, my family. This is Manasseh. The arrows, where do you guys see the arrows? I don't know, we're in the States. Yeah, James doesn't know, he wouldn't know that symbol. I don't know, maybe. Where do you guys see the olive leaf and the branches and the, and the olives? 13 olives, 13 leaves, 13 arrows. It's your crest. Here's a symbol for another symbol for Levi. Do you have that in your family crest? There's the unicorn. There's the lion. That's the symbol for England. Notice that the unicorn is chained to the ground. Why? Because the unicorn went into captivity and never come back. The unicorn represents Israel. The lion represents Judah. And the crown is on the lion. There is no crown on the unicorn. These are symbols that you see every day when you go out and look. And you don't have to look very far. They're part of your family tree. This is heraldry. Heraldry is the most regulated and, and um, well, regulated. I can't think of the other word. You can't, can't just pick your own symbols. You've got to have them passed down to you. And then if you want a different one, it's added in specifically. Notice the crest in the middle. Remember the three lions? There's three lions there in the two diagonal corners. And then there's another lion standing up. Who has that symbol of the lion standing up, the red lion standing up? That's Scotland. I thought we had some Scots here. Oh, that's me. You forgot who you were. Look at your symbol there, the red lion. The three lions is the royal line, Judah, England. But they also got the harp. Where'd the harp come from? King David. What nation has a harp? Ireland. That's their national flag. King David came to Ireland. What? I thought they were just a little bunch of people never got off the map, never moved out of Israel. No, he had an empire that circumnavigated the world. He came to Ireland. He visited Ireland. They loved him. They made the harpter symbol after him. And there's so much more to that. See the red poppy down here? What's that a symbol of? What's the national symbol for the state of Israel? What's the national flower? You name your daughters after it. And I can't think of it off the top of my head. I just forgot it. Say what? Help me out. The Rose of Sharon? Yeah, I think that's it. I got it in my notes. We'll see if I come across it. We got 13 bars. We got 13 olive leaves. We got 13 arrows. Why do we have the Star of David above the eagle's head? Do you see the Star of David there? In the stars. But something even more incredible. The Star of David, the stars are inside a Shekinah. The cloud that covered the mercy seat. How do we get that symbol here for the United States? A bunch of Yanks that rebelled against the King of England. 
the 13 colonies. Why did you have 13 colonies? Jehovah's trying to show you something on an ongoing basis. You're part of the 13 tribes of Israel. How did we get 13? What happened? Oh, yeah. Joseph was changed to Manasseh and Ephraim. And they became Jacob's sons. So instead of 12, there's 13. Right? It's not just Judah. 13 stripes. 13 founding states. 13. Lucky number 13. No, it's eight. It's a very blessed number. Okay, here's the Royal Court of Arms for Scotland. I got to read this because I really want you to learn this. This is, this, when I found this, this was, wow. In the book of Revelation, in referring to himself, Yeshua says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The significance of this is that of this is that Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters of the alphabet of the Greek language in which the New Covenant, New Testament, was written. And by using them as a name for himself, Yeshua is emphasizing his identity with the one eternal and everlasting Jehovah, the first and the last of all things. Because we're talking about something that's right there in front of your face. And you don't see it. I'm jumping up and down because this is so cool. And you don't see it. These two letters in the Hebrew alphabet are the Alav and the Tav. Okay, you know that. You guys are all pretty good at Hebrew. I'm not. And in the original Hebrew, the Aleph, the alphabet, the original Hebrew alphabet, the Alav appears as a diagonal cross as an X, such as the white X in the blue flag over top of the unicorn. And the Tav is an upright cross, such as the red cross over top of the lion. Thus, when combined as a symbol to express the idea of eternal Jehovah, they would appear like the cross, cross on Britain's shield and the flags of Britain. They're also on the Celtic and Israelite flags of northern Spain and the Union Jack. In Or Torah, which is the name of a book, O-R Torah, by Rabbi Dov Ber, B-E-R, the Magid of Mezaret, he explained first words of Torah. Bereshit bera Elohim et. Okay, I'm very bad at Hebrew, so please forgive me. Genesis 1.1. In Hebrew, Bereshit bera Elohim et. Note that the et, E-T, is an untranslatable word used to indicate that a definite direct object is next. Bereshit bera Elohim et. Thus there needs to be an et before the heavens and the earth. But Dove Bear, the author of this book, points out that et is spelled, listen carefully, the et is spelled Alev Tav, an abbreviation of Alev Bet. Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Since Jehovah did this before creating the heavens and the earth, the letters are considered to be the primordial building blocks of the creation, of all creation. 
The Aleph is the X being held by the unicorn of Israel, and the Tav is the cross being held by the Lion of Judah. And this is the symbols of the Union Jack of Great Britain. It's right there who you are. And these symbols of the Union Jack in Britain and Great Britain and the Lion of Judah are everywhere in England. A covenant people. In Isaiah 49, a prophecy for the end times, Jehovah God said, Listen to me, you islands. Hold it. Listen to me, you islands. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the land of Israel. Hear this, you distant nations. Who's he talking to? Israel. Isaiah 49.1 This is a message to the scattered nations of the northern kingdom of Israel. Jehovah is saying to them, In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people. There's that covenant again. To restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances. Who said woe? Did you get that? The covenant of the people to restore the land. That's what you're being called to do. In the Hebrew for the word covenant is, and I got it over top there, is berith. In Judges 8.33 and 9.4, it is used as a proper name, Baal berith. This means Baal of the covenant. The Hebrew for man is ish. And if we take the Hebrew word, which means covenant, and the anglicized it, it become, you come up with the Brit-ish people. People of the covenant. Deny these things. You don't have to believe me. Many people don't want to believe. They call it British Israelism. It's not. That's just putting in the box so you don't have to look at it. Look at it. Prove these things wrong. British Israelism, what it actually is, is a saying that we are superior to everyone else. That is wrong. Remember what I said yesterday? If you are grafted in or native-born, it makes no difference. You are an Israelite. But you're not better than everyone else because he chose the least to make him into the greatest to show how great he is. The least. Abram was the least of all nations. Not the greatest. The people of Wales call themselves, in ancient Welsh, Brith a Brithan, which means birth of Britain. This means the covenanters of the land of the covenant. The earliest settlers in Wales and southern England were Simeon, the descendants of the tribe of Simeon. Are you all aware that if you speak perfect Hebrew, or even if you speak poor Hebrew, you can go to Wales and speak Hebrew and not need an interpreter to speak Welsh. That's the same as speaking, well, Canadian and Texan. Actually, it's more like speaking British England, London, England, or the, one of the suburbs of London, that type of English, and your English, and I can't understand the word that they're saying but it's English, or the Bronx, or speaking Australian and South African, that we have people here 
Try and listen to them. They don't speak English. They speak Aussie. They, oh, they're even sitting together. We need an interpreter to understand them. What it is, and I'm only kidding, what it is is an accent. You know, if I want to speak French, I start to practice my French and English and put the accents wherever the French words would be, and after a while, je parle français, n'est-ce pas très difficile? Très difficile. Yeah. So, it's the accents that makes the difference, where you put the emphasis. So you can speak Hebrew and Wales. And we have a list of words in Wales that match the words in Hebrew and mean the exact same thing. I got goosebumps again. Like, why are we not told this in school? Why is our history only stopped when it comes to the Celtic people? Because I traced my family tree by name to those dates, and then I traced them by tribe to the Celtic tribes. I went right back to when the Celtic tribes came to Britain. And I know where many of the Celtic tribes are. But there's a wall there. They don't want to tell you where the Celtic tribes come from because the Celtic tribes come from the east. So let's stop this one. We're going to stop right here now, and we're going to continue down another thread. We're going to re rethink our brains, and I want to show you something else. Because now we're going to go to numbers. Numbers in your Bible. And the numbers in your Bible are going to show you things that you haven't seen before. Here's the Shekinah at the tabernacle in the wilderness. Here's the Shekinah on your national crest, your presidential seal. Right? It's right there. No, we can't see that. No, that don't count. That's the that, that British Islam thing or that Armstrong thing, right? No, we don't count that. Here's another picture of it. Numbers 10. Numbers 10, verse 13. Thus they departed the first time according to the command of Jehovah by the, by the hand of Moses. And the banner. Do a word study on the word banner. Do another word study on the word ensign. How many military people are here? How many? What's a banner? What's your ensign? It, it's the... It's the crest of your platoon. It's the crest of whatever division you're in. Okay? What we're going to read here now in Numbers is the crest or the ensign or the banner or the flag because it's all, it's all the same word over each of the tribes. Thus they departed for the first time according to the command of Jehovah by the hand of Moses. And the banner of the camp of the children of Yehuda departed first according to their divisions. And so you know that they departed in a certain order. And we're going to speed this up a little bit because you know this. They departed in a certain order, but the first was Judah. No, you don't get it. Oh, i got to read it again. And the banner of the camp of the children of Israel departed, of Jehovah departed first according to the divisions, and over their army was... No, I, I missed a verse. Skip the wrong verse. Where did it go? Oh, there it is. And the banner of the camp, the first to go, was the children of Judah.
It is because of listeners like you who have had the foresight to both pray for us and financially support this program that have allowed us to continue to teach others who are still looking for these truths. Because you have paid it forward, many are now able to hear this message and to learn these truths about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles along with the magnificent prophecies that reveal which could only be revealed in these very last days. When you support our efforts financially today, we are able to produce more radio and video teachings that help others who are waking up and beginning to look for the God that warned us of these curses that are already happening on the nightly news and of even worse, what is yet to come. You can send your support by going to our support page at www.sidedmoon.com or by mailing checks, bank drafts, or money orders made out to Joseph F. Dumond, P.O. Box 21007 RPO, 151st Street, Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, L9W, S3O. On behalf of those yet to be called, we thank you for helping us get this end time warning out.